What's up, everybody? My name is Joshua Clifton, and you're at the Young Blood Podcast. If you're listening to this, then you chose to listen to the audio version of this podcast. We do have a video version. It's much different, but also worth watching. But for the audio version of this podcast, I try to take you on the journey sonically. It's a homologation, if you will. My buddy, James Motter, aka Millennial Trash, is with me today. He is in the EDM world. He's a producer. He's a phenomenal musician. He's played in several other bands we didn't even really get into. It's crazy. Just means he has to come back. But for right now, let's meet my friend, James Motter, Millennial Trash. Back. Bring the bass back. 
Three, two, one it. Go ahead. Three, two, one. Man, I'm going to sample that. I don't know why I'm so proud of that. Duplicate it like 20 times. That's all you need. Guys, this is my love language. <laughs> Podcast or clap? <laughs> hey, welcome to the Young Blood Podcast. I couldn't help but clap there. I was so excited. Welcome to the Young Blood Podcast. My name is Joshua Clifton, and I'm with my friend, James Motter, Millennial Trash. Hello. How are you doing, man? Super duper. Thanks for having me. So just because we didn't talk about this at all. No. Do you do you go by James Motter while as Millennial Trash, or do you get called Millennial Trash? Uh, I just... So Mr. Trash. When I'm on stage, I always say, hi, my name is James, and I produce music under the name Millennial Trash. Here's some dope beats, and then just whatever. Awesome. From there. So well, that way, like, go. it's not weird because usually, like, the shows are very compact and people want to come and talk to you and stuff. Yeah. So if they just know your name. That's easier. That's perfect. Yeah. So there's the answer. Yeah. So thanks for being here, man. Uh, we've known each other for probably over two years now, right? Yeah. Longer than no, that. No, no. It's pre-panty, yeah. bro. Yeah. Pre-panty. Yeah. At least wow. 2019. Yeah. It's been at least crazy. four years. Yeah. And so... I, I'm such a bad friend because I've yet to see you, <laughs> Millennial Trash, play. Um, and But if there's a tagline for this podcast, the Young mm -hmm. Blood Podcast, it is music that inspires the musicians or artists that inspires today. So at some point in your life, you had to have had a moment that you wanted to be more than a listener. You wanted to participate right. in, in the creating of it. Yeah. You know, because a lot of people just love it. Right. A lot of people get caught up in it. A lot of people love letting an American folk song, you know, sweep them and make them think about, you know, uh, baseball or, sure, or, yeah. uh, or they make you think about that song you, you, um, dance with that girl one time, you know? Totally. But there's something different from that where we go, I want to I want to do what they're doing. I want to create. Do mm -hmm. you remember that first moment for you? Yeah, it was kind of like a homologation of a whole bunch of things. That is an awesome word. <laughs> it's just, it's car culture. We can talk about that in a little okay. bit. But uh, you yeah, said, so, wait real quick, because I heard whether it was wrong or right, homolo homologation what? homologation yeah all right go ahead so um whenever the apple stores kind of started popping up you yeah. know like in, in all the various malls and stuff yeah um i always liked kind of messing with computers and stuff anyways and there was a whole store filled with computers yeah um so i would go in and just kind of like mess around in like the little uh i think they had like that um i forget what app it was called oh photo booth Remember when you'd go and, yeah. and it had all the different like black and white filters and the fisheye lens? And, that like, was all the first time stuff? we all became photo editors. Yeah. 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 Back in MySpace yeah. days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the all the Macs in the Apple stores all had GarageBand on them. Yeah. And so one day I just clicked on it as like kind of a, ooh, what's that program looking thing? And then I found out it was like how people edit music and stuff. And then they yeah. had Apple had like a whole bunch of loops just already pre-programmed. It was crazy how good of a program that was, yeah. right? Right, and and how especially kind for the of, time. 
how kind it led you into figuring it out pretty easily. Totally, because it was just click and drag. That's right. all you had to do. Yeah, I mean, you could kind of understand that. Yeah. yeah. Um, how old were you when this was happening? This was like, I remember um, some high school kids when I was in middle school, they all had MacBooks. And so I kind of saw them messing with a little bit. So it was probably about seventh or eighth grade for me, somewhere seventh in there. I started grade, like, so you're like 12, discovering 13. it. Yeah. Um, maybe even 14. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you remember what what music you were kind of listening to at that time? Yeah. So like what was in that? Middle school was the metalcore phase for sure. Metalcore. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh. Like um and, were you playing any instruments at this time? So yeah, I've been I've played keys since I was five. Because Okay, so let's back up there real quick. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Five years old, you're yeah. playing keys. Yeah. What were you learning? Was it church stuff? No, it was just my mom uh A she, lot of people grow up in church and right music, well i did so too I just, but i it wasn't my mom wasn't ever really a church musician she was yeah. just she had always played piano since she was a kid that's awesome and so she wanted to toy with the idea of teaching kids how to play piano mm -hmm. and i was the kid in the house so you know i was that's the guinea rad. pig and then you know i had a couple friends that she taught to but i mean she's still teaching today and she has like almost 30 students now or something crazy um so keys were the first yeah keys were the first and i played that consistently till I was about 10 or 11. And okay, then, in that five years, were you, what music were you listening to? What, so, what was your big, what was your first big record that you go, oh my gosh. The the first one that, um, man, like I remember going to Mardell as a kid and hearing there was something sonically really nice about Sonic Flood. Yeah, you know what I mean, like the, the "I Want to Know You," I want to hear your voice, right. that thing, and the they had mix like a on pink, that. Uh, yeah, cover. the pink, the pink cover, the dude drowning. Or passion, or something. I think so. I, I don't know. I didn't I read know. into Man, it too much I as forgot. a kid. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But, but my friend John at the time, he was like, "Dude, you got to check out this band," and he played me um, the "I Want to Know You" track, and it's super, yeah. almost like. Gilmore Girls, bop, 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 bop. Yeah, pop, you know? pop. Yeah, pop. Jim Blossoms, kind right. of 90s. Yeah, I get you. And, and that sound really stuck with me. So that was kind of a cool one where it was the first time I heard a record where I was like, the mix on this sounds crazy. Because yeah. up until that point, it was like, you know, I kind of listened to to Avalon or Petra or, you know, kind of the more, the more old school Christian Petra. music and stuff, and like Point of Grace for him. Yeah, Craig and I think Dean. we, I think a lot of us went through those stages. Oh, too. yeah, for sure. I did. I listened to a lot of like Carmen. Oh, you remember Carmen? I dude? remember Carmen, dude. Yeah, dude. <laughs> we, I think I was talking with Johnny about dude, it the other day about the, the music videos. So many times. Yeah, the music videos were crazy. Yeah. For that guy. Man, that guy recently passed away or something. Yeah. He was great. I will tell you this. Like, I don't know. I don't know him at all. But, like, man, as a young kid, he was he was something. He was theatrical. Dude, was he, was, he was the Zorro of Christian music. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And he played. You never knew what kind of record he was going to come out with. Right. Yeah. Like, he was rad. like a hip-hop record or it was going to be this Western record. <laughs> yeah. But he always beat up the devil. But yeah, dude, that, that Sonic Flood record was super rad. And then uh, when I was in fourth grade, um, I was in study hall at my, I was a homeschooled co-op kid. Oh, okay. So, cool. So at this homeschooled co-op, there weren't like a whole bunch of kids at the time. And there still really aren't. It's not like a huge one. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I had study hall and I was there with the middle and the high school kids. And 
the middle school kids were always like talking and being obnoxious because they're in freaking middle school. Mm-hmm. But then the high school kids would just kind of like chill by themselves and like actually do the homework. Right. And there was a dude in there that had a portable CD player and like the the old cans and and he would just sit there, listen to music and do his math. And uh, they were the kind of cans that like they kind of leaked a little bit. Yeah. You know, the sound leaked out. Uh-huh. And there was one day I was uh, sitting next to him. And uh, there was just like screaming coming from his headphones. <laughs> I'm like, what on earth are you listening to? And he's like, oh, this is Haste the Day. Haste the Day. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was the... I got a lot of you guys. It was the, the first record. I think it was their first record with the, the chick on it with the mascara kind of crying yeah. a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then he played me Blue 42. And I was like, oh, oh my God, this is so sick.
He was like, oh, yeah, and check this out. This is Pantera because uh, uh, Pantera wrote a song for SpongeBob back in the day. That is awesome. Uh, which uh, I think it was the pre-hibernation season episode where Sandy mm -hmm. wants to get through all of the extreme sports she wants to do before she has to go to sleep for a bunch of months. Yeah. And Pantera did the the music for that episode. <laughs> we had it on CD and he let me borrow it so I could I could put it on the family computer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. You used to borrow CDs so you could store them on your computer. Dude, the church library was like where that I, 
is bonkers. I forgot yeah. all about that. Yeah, you'd go, you'd go rent out a CD from the church library. You'd go put it on your desktop. You bring it back the next week, and then you had the album. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Man, we we owe a lot of people a lot of money. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't know any better though. We no, just... I mean, dude, no, it was like encouraged, right? You know, yeah. it was like you and your friend group. You were like, okay, who's got the Blink One Eighty Two yeah. album? Yeah. Okay, I was cool. Like, you pick up that record. I'll get this record, right? And we'll you switch could, it you up. Could split it up. Yeah, yeah, for That's how we sure. Um, so you're you hear Haste today. You hear Pantera. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you're gonna go from piano to yeah. So to so at about else. eleven, I was like, I do not want to play piano anymore because I was just playing like, you know, Fur Elise and Moonlight Sonata and just kind of stuff that it, it was not modern music whatsoever. And like, don't get me wrong, like playing that stuff on piano in the right way is great. But when you're a ten year old who just has attention problems, yeah. you know, you can't really focus enough to make it click and work and, and be, you know, something cohesive as to right. what the original artist wanted. Um, so it was that Christmas for my, it was, I was 11. I wanted an electric guitar and my parents mm. got me an off brand strat. It was purple. I still have it. Um, awesome. it does not work. Uh, there's many things that wrong with it, awesome. but I, it's been signed by the wedding and cutlass, which is super cool. To I literally they, took it to their great. shows. I was like, can you sign my guitar? Please. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's super rad. It's a what's your real quick? What's your favorite wedding record? The first one, that very first one, the one that had move, uh, uh, move the city. Oh, that bana bana yeah yeah. Bana. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wow, that song go again.
Yeah, that is a catchy song. Dude, dude. so I remember I came on Power FM and it, it was like yeah. them and Sub 7. Those were my two, like, mm -hmm. I would I would call in and request for those two songs like a lot. That's so cool. Yeah, super. The wedding's great. I remember getting onto them for that record, but I always loved that Polarity record too. Oh, that so next good. record. Listen, was listen, so good. listen. Their first record's here for me. The rest yeah. of their stuff is here for me. I get it. You know it. what I mean? I get it's it. just the the first one had that that real pop punky swag you like Kevin to it. Too, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's a good dude. Yeah. yeah, he's great. He's great. So is Matt, but but Kevin was also on on Polarity. Kevin was yeah, it's great. That's such a good record. Yeah, dude. Um, and then you said Sub 7. Power FM, that was a big deal. Dude, for sure. For yeah. you guys here growing up in Dallas. Yeah. Like, they were probably a really good place to find good music. Well, they were just everywhere, too. Like, whenever there would be, um, like, a show at Six Flags, you yeah. know, like, during that. Like, my, the first show I saw there was uh, Thousand Foot Crutch opening up for Third Day. And, you know, it was just kind of like, okay, the kids get something and then the parents get something yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that's great. Um, but Power FM hosted all of those. And, that's so and, cool. you know, you also, as a kid, you got to see your radio voice people, like, in the flesh. Right. And that was super cool. Yeah. Um, that They were my first uh, foyer, or I don't know, they were the first people that brought us my band, Raven Hill, into... Really? Into Dallas. I had no idea, dude. Yeah. That's uh, super and cool. And then we would do... I would call in and do interviews with them. That's uh, When I lived in Nashville. It was one of the reasons... I was like, oh, well, it was before it went away. We had we were just about to start moving here whenever it went away. Gotcha. I was kind of bummed out about that because I was thinking it'd be so cool to come to Dallas and then maybe... Because I... I my first job was in a radio station, so as, oh, cool. uh, like interning, and uh, uh, so I always thought that like maybe if I came here, I didn't know their budget, but I was like maybe I could do an hour <laughs> or two. Like yeah. they would let me go in there, just have like let me let me play the play, pick the music to play. I just thought that would be so cool. Yeah, but this isn't about me; it's about you. <laughs> um. So about so about that time, you are. You said you're about 15 here? Are you about? Uh, no, this was 11. Oh, wait. Yeah. You are 11? Yeah, so 11, I got the the electric guitar. And then I did that for a little bit. I got it like at the in the middle of fifth grade. Okay. And then um, throughout middle school, middle school is kind of where, you know, you, you branch out a bit. You make some new right. friends. And yeah. um, that's when I met this dude named Ryan Prim, super dope guy. He plays up at um, yeah, I know. 32. I yeah. know, man. He's a yeah. good dude. Super, Great drummer. Oh, my God. Killer, bro. That dude's um, next level. And dude, I I cannot for the life of me remember how we met. I want to say it was through baseball. I want to say it was through baseball. It was either baseball or skateboarding. It was one of the yeah. two. Um, but yeah, so we hung out a bunch in middle school. Mm -hmm. um, like a lot of cool stuff happened like between us in middle school too. It was like the Xbox 360 came out and his brother got it. And we, we'd go over and play like Gears of War and stuff together. Yeah. Super fun. But um, I went over to his place one time. It was like one of the first times we hung out. And uh, he was like, dude, I got a drum set. You should bring your guitar. And I was like, freak, yeah, dude. Okay, let's jam. Like, awesome. I'd never gotten to jam with anyone before. Mm -hmm. um, I was like, I had my knockoff Strat and I plugged it into a karaoke machine and I turned the volume all the way up so it I distorted. Feel like, I feel like I've done that too. Yeah. And it like actually didn't karaoke. sound bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got something out of you. I think this is going to work out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think everything's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I went over there and then uh, at some point 
he was like, you we should switch. You hop on drums, I'll hop on guitar. And I was like, I don't know how the drums work at all. Yeah, yeah like, you've never been behind, real, really no, been behind drums. No, though. like one of my, my cousin uh, played drums a little bit and I sat behind his kit when I was like six, but uh-huh. I, I, I was six, so I couldn't reach anything, you know? Right. So this is the first time like I'd sat down behind a kit and, um, you know, the first time you hit behind a kid, it's so awkward and you just, mm-hmm. your, your motor skills are just not there. Right. Um, but there was something about it that just clicked with me. Yeah. It, it, it didn't click with the keys. It didn't click with the guitar, but it clicked with drums for some reason. Mm. So I held on to that kind of vibe yeah. in the back of my head. Like, and even can't. like the way that I would play guitar, it's, this is a very boomer thing to say, but I'm more of a rhythm guy. Um, but like, is that a boomer thing to say? It, 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 eh, yeah. That's crazy. Cause I've said that. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't know it was a boomer thing to no, say. No, but you know what I mean? It's just like, if you walk into a guitar center, the person who says that's probably 55. Yeah, I guess so. You know, I don't go to, yeah, never mind. That's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> Um, that's an interesting, uh, yeah. it's just an observation that I get I've you though, made. but I am also just a rhythm guy. Right. But like, for me, that is more of like, uh, like a mindset rather than like a style in the way you play. Yeah. Because it's like, true. you have bands kind of like the 1975 who, um, you know, most of their guitar playing and bass playing and stuff like that is rhythmic to right. the beat. And it, there's, there's not really like a lead yeah. guitar tone. It's like a, a homologation that's, of a whole bunch of cool guitar parts. I'm loving that. Keeping word, that that rhythm going, and that's yeah. that's what I stick to. So the drums just I kind of gravitated towards, and then uh, for my sweet 16 birthday is uh-huh. when I got my my first drum set. That's awesome. So were you in when you got that drum set? Were you and you and Ryan were jamming? So what happened was Ryan was homeschooled in middle school and then he went to public school in high school. So as soon as he went to high school, I stayed homeschooled and he went to public school. So mm-hmm. our schedules just never really meshed. Yeah. So it's just like we hung out still. So you but never just played kinda, in a band together. No, like no, 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 no. We we were yeah. just buddies and yeah. like I'd go swim at his place. He'd come over for But he lit that skateboard fire. and youth group. He, he kind of put oh, that. Oh yeah, for sure, dude. And it you was were like, like, I'm taking that with Yeah, me. and also like, dude, his kit was so rad. Like I remember he got like this dark K crap or whatever for christmas one year we were in middle school we were freaking yeah. out that he had like a k series zildjian yeah he would crank his snare all the way up so it sounded like the pax 217 just <laughs> you know like that crack yeah that's that's super so good. pax 217 yeah best um, snare tone in the game really for sure it, was it, who's their drummer squid kid squid kid. he he drummed for hawk nelson's second record and that's on for right. a little bit but Man. uh yeah he was I, there was some relation to him and someone else in pax 217 i think but i i can't remember Tosti? if it was like the vocalist or maybe i don't was know it aaron tosty i don't know last time i looked up what he was doing he's doing photography stuff yeah but uh yeah Recipes pack 217. Yeah. Y'all, y'all, some real ones for being in extreme days, too. Man, that's crazy. I stuff. never saw that movie. Oh my god, and uh, I, I think everybody, Logan. do you have a hard copy of that, Johnny? Okay, yeah, we, we need to, fi- dude, that's what we need to do for your movie podcast. Mm-hmm. You haven't seen extreme days. Oh man, I've seen it probably 200 times. Wow, really? Yeah, yeah. I, I, dude, in middle school, it was this would be about this time in your life, too, that we're talking about, yeah. Yeah, literally, Man, I would watch it every, every time days. that, uh, so, like, my days were pretty structured as a kid because just, 
I was an unstructured kid, so I needed the structure. So yeah. I got a half hour to eat lunch every day. I think day. that's all of us, buddy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I finally found my people. Yeah, yeah. Um, but during that half hour, I, you know, Extreme Days is 90 minutes. So every three days, I'd just restart it. And like, wow. I would just keep it in the machine and just keep it playing. So you can, my hot that's, the one, that's the one you know. Oh, you, can, you know, yeah. word for word. You know that every oh, door shut, you know. The, every fart lit, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so you're at this point, you have your 16th birthday. You got this drum set. Yeah. So, what is spinning in your CD player? 
Um, or do man. you have an iPod yet? So MP3 yeah, so player. the iPod. You have a Zune. I wish, dude. My my Did you want my a best Zune? friend growing up. Uh, shout out Eric Salvatore. Um, he uh, Eric Salvatore. <laughs> Eric Salvatore. Uh, he got a freaking brown Zune, bro. And if you got a brown Zune, that's the elite color. Oh really? Oh, to me it was because like everybody was getting the black ones or like they had like a lime green one and stuff yeah. like that. But like if you had the brown Zune, you chose that. Why did you the iPod win over Zunes? You know, I why did that? I think it was just the bulkiness of it, to yeah. be honest with you. Which, because <clears throat> if you remember back in the day, the Razor was the coolest phone. Yeah, and that was the super thin one. Was and awesome. the iPod kind of went along with it a little bit. And mm-hmm. so, like having a a Zune in your pocket was like, oh, my dad has a BlackBerry, you Is know it, that yeah. kind of thing. I had a BlackBerry for a second too. Jesus, Josh, yeah, I know, man. Don't say things like that. I know. <laughs> I don't even know why I do. <laughs> I thought it made me look professional. It probably did. No, it wasn't. I owned a music venue at that time, and and I remember the last day I had a uh, BlackBerry. I went up there to make sure that. Everything was cool. Uh, uh, the bands got paid and everything. And Look I at guess, you, dude. And, and good. Yeah, it was it was fun. Crushing I, it. I loved owning a music venue. It was so much fun. Heck take, yeah. Being able to take care of bands and stuff. Um, hopefully one day we'll do it again. Um, anyway, I remember getting out of my car, and I guess my phone fell on the ground. Mm. And so we always had kids skateboarding out front, and it was great and everything. Well, apparently some kids saw it. And just threw it up against the brick wall. <sighs> and uh, and I go, what is this? And he goes, that dude just threw your phone up against the wall. I was like, did you tell him it was mine? He goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, all right. Typical cool. kiddo fashion, bro. Cool. Yeah. So I went and bought an iPhone. Changed my life. Nice. There you go. Yeah. I don't know how we got there. Hey. Um, Talk so about Zooms, bro. Zooms, <laughs> yeah. Man. Zunes for sure. I'm surprised those didn't win. Those were, those were cool. They were really cool. Um, but yeah, we were talking about like what I was listening to in 16-ish 16. time frame. Um, so about that time frame, I had my own iPod. Um, up until that point, we had like the family iPod with like you know the four buttons on top and the scroll wheel, and they lit up red. Yes, those those were that was my favorite iPod yeah. generation. It was so cool. It looked like a Knight Rider kind of thing. I liked having the separate. Um, iPhone and iPod. Uh, for a while, I had that. Totally. Um, I liked that. I better. feel like it allowed you to kind of not have to be checked in on your phone while you're listening to music. It let it let yeah. you just. It was like we're doing do this now. Yeah, and even when podcasts became available, like no one really put podcasts on an iPod. Right. They really took off whenever the phones came out. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So what I did was. Um, uh, I was syncing my iPod up to iTunes and, you know, I didn't really have that much money, so I wasn't buying a lot of music. Right. Um, so I found this little switch on iTunes where you could basically turn your iPod into a hard drive. So if you click that one button, any computer can access it and you can just plug it into whatever and put whatever you want on yeah. it. So I took my iPod, I factory reset it and I gave it to Eric and I was like, do your worst. Like, literally put whatever on here. Eric Salvatore! Eric Salvatore! And up until that point, I had really only listened to, like, Christian metalcore. Yeah. So, like, you know, there was Haste of Day, Devil Wars Prada. Um, I also got into, like, Mortal Treason and, like, Indwelling and Impending Doom and some of the, like, more, uh, like, sludgier stuff, I guess. Um, but there was there was no, like, secular voice coming in 
to my yeah. life at all, which at that point in my life, I'm glad that there wasn't, but I'm also glad that the, I, I found it when I did. And so uh, Eric took my iPod. You, so you're saying like there was no, uh, you were kind of in a Christian bubble at this right. time. Right. Really the only outside music I listened to was from either Tony Hawk games yeah. or uh, great, which, great source for phenomenal great music, stuff. isn't it? Oh my God. Oh yeah. man. We could have a whole podcast. Dude, just at, like, at some of my previous jobs, yeah. that's what I would put on the radio yeah. where we'd all just be working and stuff. Yeah. It's just boom, Tony Hawk music. Boom. Yeah. There you go. Um, so good. So yeah, it was like that. And then like skate videos, you yeah. know, so like that there'd be a little, like a dabble of hip hop, but it would be yeah. like, you know, like nineties boom bap stuff. It wouldn't yeah. be like trap or, you know, anything like that. Right. Um, so yeah, that was kind of it. And so I gave my iPod to him and then he came back to me and it was fully it, all eight gigs, bro. Yeah. All eight all gigs. All eight gigs. All eight Boston. gigs. Fully loaded. And um, I remember I you was a little fan going on. It's like <laughs> whenever the eight gigs yeah. is going like we don't have more. So I was, I was scrolling on the scroll wheel. And I, I'm working my way past, you know, Tetris and all the other things yeah. that I used to have on those. And then um, I saw Rage Against the Machine oh. pop up. And I remembered that Rage Against the Machine's Gorilla Radio was Tony Hawk mm -hmm. Pro Skater 2's That's intro right. song. And so I heard that, you know, when I was like seven or eight. And to me, it was just the intro song of Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. Right. And I never really put a name of the band to the song. And their whole discography was on my iPod. <sighs> And I was just like, well, I guess this is what I'm doing. And I would just mow I... my parents' lawn and listen to Rage Against the Machine.
place than here. What better time than now? You know how many records I fell in love with ro- uh, mowing a lawn? Oh, so oh, many, dude. dude. I bet. Here, name two right now. Oh, I mean, I, I would, I could name 48. Cool. Uh, I mean, like Dogwood. Um, oh, you remember that yeah, band? Building a Better Me, oh, dude. Holy crap. That so record's good. Like, and and the, the tone of the vocals. It. Yeah, dude. Like, I had never heard anything like I'm that so as a kid. I'm so glad you know who Dogwood yeah, is. Yeah, dude. That's <laughs> so good. It was so right. Well, they were also in some motocross games. Yeah. Up, so, yeah. yeah. That band was so good, dude. That More Incredible. Than Conquerors record is oh, so good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 
a lot of punk back in the day. I mean, ska too. I oh, listened yeah. to uh, Five Iron Frenzy. Um, did you ever listen to them? Five Iron Frenzy was my favorite band as a kid. Really? Yeah. You know that live record uh, that the they came Yes. That was what that I listened to. That had all the bands, uh, all the people's names on yeah. the inside. I have two names in that. Do you My really? name is in there. And then Josh Fiasco. Dude. Because I was in a <laughs> punk band called Fiasco. I have that hard copy. Yeah. And I, I have My name's that. in there. I'm going to go look for it when Please I get home. Please do it. But yeah, I listened to that album every night when I went to sleep from when it came out. Yeah. Because the first thing I heard from them was the Quantity is Job 1 EP. Yeah. And I heard it at Thunderbird Roller Rink. Okay. During homeschool day. So there were like these two like middle high school kids that went and they went to Eisenberg's. Yeah, okay. So they were like the Eisenberg's for the listeners is was the cool Plano skate park back in the day. Oh. And um, so they were like into ska and like all that, yeah. all that cool stuff. But they brought up the quantity is job one EP. And uh, for homeschool day, you had to play Christian music and the DJ at Thunderbird Roller Rink. Surprisingly, did not have a lot of a Christian library to browse through. That's weird. So the, they brought up Quantity's Job 1 and they played it. And I went up to the DJ. I was like, who is this? It was my evil plan to save the world. And I thought it was so cool. That's great. Surprisingly, they had a lot of winger. A lot of winger? Winger. They had a lot of winger. You could, you know the band oh, winger? you're talking about Thunderbird. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about Five Iron. No. So to speak. 
No, five iron's great. Though. Five iron's phenomenal. That's so good. I, I actually have a cool Roller thing. Great. Like I remember being, um, I was eight and um, just got a Nintendo 64 with Cruisin' World. And I played that game. Dude, so good, right? So good. 64 so, was such a fun console, by the way. Dude. Go ahead. It was amazing. Except the only thing was the ergonomics of controller when you first picked it up. Every no. single person I knew held it differently. Oh, like, yeah. It was like this way, this way, I this way. I feel like way. Eric wants to talk so badly about <laughs> yeah. the Nintendo 64. No, it's it's a great controller. Don't get me wrong. But like it's extremely confusing to someone who's probably never held a console thing before. It was probably the most... Um, Stark differently, yeah, controller than any of them that's ever came out. PlayStation right? made sense. The yeah. the original, right. the, before the Dual Shock and everything like looked that, like the it bat just, signal. Yeah, it just yeah. it looked like yeah. it made sense. Yeah. But the N sixty four is a little crazy. <laughs> it just had like a little thing. Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, okay. So so uh, <laughs> my babysitter was going to come over that night, and my babysitter was this super cool dude. Um, I th- I want to say his name was Matt. I, I'm blanking on his name, but. Mm-hmm. He drove a freaking brand new Firebird with a V8 and it. it was red with black racing stripes, had the T-tops and everything. God, we and all need a mat in our life, don't dude, we? Dude, he was so rad. Dude. So he, he that night, uh, he brought over 1080, the snowboard video game. That game has such a good soundtrack. So, And I still have his copy of it because oh. he, he forgot it at my house and he never babysat me again after this because um, he like went off to college or something. Um, but anyways, we were playing 1080 and we had put a Red Baron in the oven and totally forgot about it and it burnt because we left it in there for yeah. like 45 minutes and so yeah, he felt bad he was like Baron. did you really yeah that's a okay we're, we're gonna table that for a little later yeah. <laughs> it was a bad experience so yeah. uh he felt bad and he was like well there's a sonic like right close by you want to just go to sonic and grab some food i was like yeah sure so the new supertones record had just come out mm-hmm. and which one's this one this was loud and clear okay yeah all right yeah so supertones loud and clear came out uh-huh and um, I grabbed it out of my room. Mm-hmm. My parents, like, basically, like, once a month, they'd take me to Mardell. And they yeah. knew that music was, like, super important to me. So they would let me pick out an album. And they would listen to it first to make sure it wasn't, like, super crazy because I was eight, you know? Right. Um, but, yeah, the Supertones, they love the Supertones because they were kind of happy and poppy and stuff. Yeah, and, and borderline, like, worship music yeah, sometimes. Yeah, like, you know, like you, Once you got to, like, like, the fourth track on the record, yeah. it was, like, worship They always music. had, like, three or four songs that were, like, ah, oh, these are just scod up worship songs. Yeah, and it, it worked, It was too. cool, too. Yeah. Man, I sang those in front of church. Heck yeah, dude. Yeah, go ahead, continue. Uh, so, yeah, so I grabbed the CD, and uh, I hop in the passenger seat because, you know, it's the coupe. And, the coupe. Uh, the coupe. And so uh, I looked down, and I didn't know what it was at the time, but he had, like, a parametric EQ, and he had uh-huh. subs in his trunk. And yes. I was like, hey, I brought my Supertones album. Can we listen to this on the way? And he's like, yeah, sure. So he throws it in, and then um, he starts up his car, and it's also got, like, this crazy loud exhaust on it. I mean, mm-hmm. it was it was a hot fire road, dude. Yes. And um, the subs start bumping in the trunk, you know. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? Just like hearing that, and it's like hitting the back of the chair, and I'm like, "This is so freaking cool." We're going to Sonic. I'm gonna get a milkshake and hang in with this dude. Like the car's loud, the music's loud. This is sick. Take it seriously. We talk big. The devil's sitting at the feet. I'm a 
So we What's go your go-to real quick at Sonic? What, do you have a... Milkshake-wise or food-wise? Food-wise. Food-wise? Uh, We're going to go both. So I think Sonic Breakfast is pretty underrated. I think it's pretty great, dude. I think it's pretty think underrated. It so yeah. I usually go for that that croissant, croissant witch or whatever it's called. Croissant witch. Yeah, yeah, it's the, the sausage, egg, and cheese croissant. Okay. And then uh, I guess I don't think cheesy I've tots that. with it. Yeah, you put the tots on yeah, the, dude. On the sandwich. Me? What are you talking about? Of course you do. Of course I do. Of course you're not an idiot. No. God, I'm sorry. <laughs> Who are you ask. talking to? Of course we all do that. Uh, so I do that. There's one person going, holy crap. <laughs> yeah. We just blew someone's yeah, mind Yeah, someone's going, there. I'm going to put it. I, I can't wait until breakfast. Uh, the chili tots on there is too much just for your info. Okay. Just, yeah, that's just, too far. I'm, wa- I'm watching we, out you. We went too you. far. Yeah. <laughs> we, <laughs> we blew too close to the sun. Yeah, dude. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, definitely the Sonic breakfast for sure. But my go-to milkshake is the hot fudge shake. Okay. Yeah. All right. I don't really have a shake there. Oh, but really? Chocolate, binoculate, banana chocolate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I highly I feel recommend like the hot fudge because it's a vanilla shake, but then yeah. they mix in the hot fudge they put on the sundae. You know? Okay. You get these little pockets of chocolate. Oh, pockets of chocolate. Yeah. Man. That's cool. You're right. And now a word from our sponsor, <laughs> pockets of chocolate. <laughs> Oh man, they're on next week. Pops, oh, okay. Pockets cool. of chocolate. Nice. Um, uh, 
So yeah, that was the Supertones story, the Firebirds Supertones thing, and then that was also my first like real experience listening to subs in the car. Yeah. Um, you think that lit something in you? For sure, because like I, I had never felt music physically move me. Right, knowing you know where I mean? you're at now, it it probably did something. It probably yeah, lit well, something. I'll tell you what really did something. Um, I because my my love for music and my love for cars kind of come from the same spot. Okay. Um, so every weekend growing up when I was like little, my dad would take me to the like neighborhood car wash with like the, had like the, you know, the hose and everything. Yeah. And he'd like, let me play with it and wash the car. Cause I'm yeah. sure he didn't really want to wash the car kind of thing. Right. So he's just like, Oh, James is going to have fun with this. Yeah. So I'd always go with him. And then there was, there was one weekend we were there and, um, I'm just kind of like wandering around cause I'm bored at a car wash. Right. And this murdered out black brand new honda civic si pulls up like paper plates on everything because yeah. i'd never seen a car with paper plates right and i was like huh i'm gonna ask my dad why that paper plates instead of the hard one mm-hmm. so windows tinted and everything like that and this dude gets out and it's like genco jeans and the backwards visor with spiky hair i mean like full-on like do you remember the worldwide message tribe worldwide does message that sound tribe. familiar to you that sounds somewhat familiar. Why do I know that? They were like a UK-based Christian dance band. They had like oh, like yeah. fifteen people I in the group. Exactly they had like dancers and stuff. He dressed kind of like how they did on stage. <laughs> so he had like the goggles on his forehead and glasses. Oh, cool! Like that kind of thing, just in case an apocalypse breaks out. Right. right yeah. Totally. Um, just in so, case, guys. So he gets out of his see. car and he's he's met his high school friends there and they're all chilling. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, dude, because my dad drove an Accord. And so I recognized the Honda logo. And I was like, that's mm. a really cool Honda. And so he's also got like loud music coming from mm-hmm. it. And I walk up to him. And I'm like, hey, I really like your car. And he's like, keep in mind, I'm five. I was like, dude, I really like your car. He's like, thanks, dude. He had uh, the stereo where the screen came out and flipped up. And so um, he had a six CD changer. It said six CD changer on the thing. And uh, he's like, you want to hear some music? I was like, sure. So he turns up the thing all the way. And it was um, Red Man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm sitting there. Just Red Man going, you know, just crazy, crazy. Do you remember what song it was? No, 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 no. I knew I was not supposed to be listening to it. And if I had that knowledge. What year was this, you think? This was 97 going into 98. Right now, a a Red Man song. Is playing right now. Okay, that came out about that time. I think yeah, because it, it would have been about that time. It may it wasn't ninety nine. That would have been too okay. late. Um, okay. But yeah, it was like ninety seven going into ninety eight. I think that's crazy. Yeah, he was just a rad dude with a yeah. cool car that wanted yeah. to put me on to some dope stuff. Yeah, yeah. Funk mode. Take your best shot. 
If it don't hip, it don't hop. If it don't quit, it don't stop. That's the lie. I'll be the super lyrical individual. I'll be spitting through that Teflon material to not get bit off a schedule. Better move with a set of tools. I'll be doing it to mics when I'm a heterosexual. I load the mic, then cop. Drop it like three quarters when I slaughter. Don't get caught in the water. Cause the bricks got its own world order. Leave your bitch in shot like the third rail quarter. Style stay deep in the orca. I float the seven seas with ease. Did more drugs than pharmacies. So call me that lyrical gender. These you can't compare, get you stepping like stairs, frats, sororities, don't make me bring it on back, I fuck up the majority of niggas looking hard at me, I pour them like authority, and when my nigga meth shine, I'll be in the how mobile rolling three dimes at a time. Man, 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 the man still. It's that Jersey representer, get hit from the bottom to your head when you're in time. Dude, the 90s, man. Oh, man. 90s, bro. We didn't know. We, we didn't. didn't know we had it so good. We really didn't. We didn't. The days were literally yeah. like more amber. Oh, it was. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. So Dude, everyone had a theme song. Hey, so <laughs> that's true. Yeah. And I always felt like everyone was just laughing. Kind Sandbox of like, Praise by Pax217. Pretty cool. That was yeah. it.
Like 16, 17. When you're, right. you're, you're here. Yeah. What are you doing here? Like so when, have, this when is when I joined my first band. Okay. So I had a buddy at my co-op named John Benton. Uh, He's a killer guitar player, still is. Um, we don't talk as much anymore, but like his profile picture on Facebook's got him playing something with right. strings. So I'm like, good. You're, you're still doing yeah. your thing. Um, you, you feel good whenever you know someone is yeah, good at something. Right. You want them to keep doing it. And Even he, if it's not to the thing. I mean, there's so many people, if I had all the money in the world, I'd be paying them to do the thing I think they should. Right. Right. 
Totally. Yeah, no one else would, but yeah, Matthew would be scoring every movie known to exactly. man. Exactly. Every movie. Yeah. I wouldn't like, go see it if he wouldn't score. Of course he would. Yeah. Yeah. And he'd kill it. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. Don't say I didn't warn you. So this is when I joined my first band, John Benton, uh, killer guitar player, killer songwriter. I mean, he was like, I had never heard, I mean, 
we had never heard seventh chords before. <laughs> so right. we were like, oh, dude, you're just, this is amazing. And like, he, he really did write some crazy, crazy good music. And um, so we, we start jamming and stuff like that a little bit. And then he calls me up one day. Uh, I'm at martial arts class, uh, like about to walk in and he calls me. He's like, hey, there's this battle of the bands that I really want to sign us up for. We play in front of like 300 people and it's in Plano. And I was like, dude, that sounds so cool. Like, let's, let's freaking do it. So he signed us up and it was at the door in Plano. Awesome. Um, and so that was my first ever gig was playing with him. And then we also had another guitar player. His name was Nick. We didn't have a bass player. Nick Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Shout out Nick Reynolds. Drove a red Miata throughout. Nick Reynolds. Driving Miatas. Driving red Miatas. <laughs> Yeah, it was so funny because he would it would be him and John in the Miata with all their guitars and amps. Oh, and it was, man, we've it was, all done that. It was too. hilarious. Yeah. Um, but to be fair, I had my drums in my Honda Accord at the time. So right. like, you know, it is a little smaller. That um, caravan to the first couple of shows. Yeah, dude. Uh so so yeah, I was at martial arts and he called me and we did that. And um after that that first battle of the bands went well, we we passed on to the second round, which was at the one in Dallas. What'd you do? Like what'd you play? Uh, just original music. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's we cool. so uh, we did that, and then to break up. What was the name of your band? So the the first thing that we had was called the Heartless Romantics. Oh. And then we changed it to We Throw Cake, all capital letters, no spaces. <laughs> we throw cake. Yeah, and you can still find it on. I, I think it's Pure Volume or Bandcamp. I think it's Bandcamp actually. It's like we threw a cake on bandcamp.com. Is pure volume still a thing? I don't know. That, that's why I corrected myself because I wasn't too sure. This would um, be, uh, on Johnny's episode, we talk about pure volume also. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I Maybe it's coming back. back. I had just like a personal one, you know, like check out bands yeah. and stuff. But we talked about how pure volume was so good at suggesting bands you'd like. The algorithm was crazy yeah, good. It was great. Really good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's awesome. So, so yeah, we yeah, throw yeah. cake. What style okay. was this? Oh, it was like indie. It, okay. it was it was like indie kind of like indie folk, you know, a little alternative thrown in there. Like uh, what was a good influence if you were to say? <sighs> so the could. thing is like I never wrote any of the songs. They basically right. came to me and they were like the story of my life. Hey, we wrote these songs. Can you play drums on them? <laughs> That's, That's where it all great. started, you know. So, um but yeah, the, I, I, I the the songs were. I'm really trying to think of like another band that it sounded like. It sounded like you might be a perfect person though to to describe it because sometimes whenever I'm like if it's a band I'm in and I write the majority of stuff, I know my influences, but that might not be what everyone hears. Yeah, because right? I really didn't listen to a lot of that music then. Really, that's when I was starting to get into um, like more heavily into like what electronic music was becoming. Right. Because that, that all stemmed from video games too, like Need for Speed, had great soundtracks growing up. Yeah. And that's how I originally found out what drum and bass was, was playing Need for Speed Underground 2 and going on iTunes and trying to download a song. And there ended up being a B-side on the single that was a drum and bass flip of the song I wanted to download. And uh, I ended up buying the B-side flip rather than the original song because right. I loved it so much. That's cool. Um, but yeah. That, we should dive into that here in a oh, second. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. what I was saying. Cars and music have yeah. just always been the vehicles. Literally. Yeah, yeah that's rad. Yeah, it's super cool. Huh. So yeah, but um, uh, it was like emo, indie, little Midwest emo-y kind of thing. Okay. A little, little finger picky and yeah. also a little kind like of- Copeland? 
Yeah, yeah, a little bit of that in there, a little cold play, like earlier cold okay. play. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. When, yeah. when, you know, they Gives were, me an idea. Yeah. This is 2000. This would have been 2000. Man, no, bro. This was like 09. Or 2000. Yeah, yeah. sorry. I'm thinking my I'm, my I'm, life. <laughs> not yours. I'm, I'm, I'm an old young man. Yeah. It's very weird. Can I put yeah. my shoes up like this? Of course you can. You okay. can do whatever you want. Cool. Well, that's that's so that kind of got you the taste of playing yeah, live. Exactly. That got me on the stage because this was before I had played in church too. Yeah. Like I didn't start playing in church until I was about 18, 19 or that's something interesting. like that. Well, because I thought like, like growing up in church, you hear the musicians and they're killer. Yeah. You know, and I knew that I would have to like get to a certain level before I even auditioned. You for grew anything. up in this area though. That's yeah. Why. Well, I, I, I grew started. up in a small town and all the musicians weren't so great. And yeah. So, yeah. So you were up there learning Definitely. and clunking your way through a worship song, but eventually you got better because you at least, and everyone's sitting there going like, you sound so good because yeah. they don't know any better. Right. Yeah. And then you go, I'm pretty good at this. Right. I mean, and also if you do something for like three, four years, you know, consistently yeah. every day, you're just going to, yeah. you know, get better at Usually it. Usually people come along and they'll give you a couple pointers. You go, oh, okay. totally. And yeah. then you just learn that. The amount of times that I heard don't hit so hard. Yeah. <laughs> you never hear me say that. No. I love how hard you hit. Well, that's why they still have me in a cage. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> um, so you start, you start. Yeah. So basically what happened. Band. Yeah. We so, throw cake. So Nick was older than us and he went off to college. I believe, I think he went to UNT or something like that, but you know, 45 minute drive when you're in high school is like crazy. Forever. So, uh, I left the band and they got another drummer. Um, and that's what those recordings are up on the band camp. That's when I started kind of getting into, okay, I really like playing music. How can I start writing music? Because the way that it would work is, you know, John or Nick would come over and they would like physically play me the songs that they wrote. And I would be like, hmm, okay, cool. Or they would, and this is an old school way of doing it. <coughs> they would me. post a video of themselves on Facebook and publicly no publicly and tag you in it because it would show up on your timeline if you did that and not many of my friends growing up used facebook so when as soon as you logged in it was like the top thing on your timeline you hit play and then be like oh what do you think he would literally ask me like james what do you think of this like on a public post hilarious yeah so that's kind of how it was and i was like there's got to be a better way to do this no that's perfect And uh, my dad at the time had a MacBook, and so me coming from the Apple stores kind of previously, I was like, right. oh, there's GarageBand on my dad's MacBook, and I there was. And so I was like, oh, junk, this is so cool. And that was senior year of high school. I started kind of dabbling with it. And then once I went to college, I got a MacBook for college stuff. And then um, part of like this promotional thing that they had going on back in the day was – if you bought a MacBook and you had your student ID, you could upgrade one of your softwares for free. So you could either do Aperture, which was the photo editing thing. Right. You could do Final Cut, which was the video, or you yes. could do Logic Pro or Logic 9, I think it was at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Logic definitely sounds like the thing that I want to get. Because, right. you know, I was into photography a little bit, but it was mostly like film stuff because homeschooled, you know, Final Cut. I wasn't really interested in doing any kind of video things because right. I tried using Windows Movie Maker growing up and I just was awful at it. Mm-hmm. So uh, Logic was definitely the best choice. And then from that, 
you got like a free like six to 12 months of classes for free once a month. And you could take your MacBook into the Apple store and there'd be a certified person there like walking That's through. That's awesome. So there was a dude at the at the Apple store I'd go see and he I would sit down for him an hour a month and he would just walk me through how logic works. And then from there it was um, – I started he taught you really around. well? Yeah. I mean he taught me how like – he didn't teach me how like um, – like – how compression works and you know things like that but it was mostly like how to edit clips how to use the, the synthesizer right right how to because dude i mean logic is very very deep you can i mean all daws are very very deep right. but logic nine to a to a 17 18 year old kid is like you're staring at you know the face of god kind of thing i love that you did that though that's that's like such a good resource like i have dude, nothing it else was, here we it go. was free yeah, too and i was just so like, good i really want to do this that's so. a difference man like some people having kids uh i realize that some kids have drive or they hit a wall or something mm. and and they go well i guess not yeah and then some guy, some people go well how how am i going to get around this Right, and it's crazy when you see someone at a young age figuring that out. Figuring like I got to get around this. I just, I just loved making stupid sounds, man. Yeah, it's just fun. Like I remember as a kid, one of my favorite toys. You may remember these. They were called yakbacks. Yakbacks. Do you remember yakbacks? It was basically like it had a little recorder on it. It had a record button and a play button, and it had like a microphone. You could talk for four second clips, and so I'd record myself saying stuff, and then I'd just walk around the house playing it. (laughs) That's funny. <laughs> it was like my little I remember a lot thing. of games, a lot of things like that. We had the Talk Boy. Like yeah, from, uh, yeah, from yeah, Home Alone yeah. 2. Yeah. I had dude. one of those. That's rad. So, yeah, so the backpack was just kind of like a, a, like a condensed a small, version yeah, of Yeah, smaller kind of like yeah. single player mode. Yeah. You know? Yes. Yeah. One of the reasons why I wanted to learn Logic was because I wanted to record drum That's covers. Right. Yeah. So I, I already had my kit set up and I was like, okay, I didn't know I need microphones in order to record drum covers. Okay. How yeah. Do I, you know what I mean? It's just like you have to just go through all of like the, the hurdles yeah. and then it gets expensive and like what's an audio interface and, you know, you kind of start climbing up that mountain yeah so that's whenever you start building yeah yeah and so from there it was like um i would do these drum covers and the the mix was horrible like i i I physically just couldn't mix the drums yeah like it it was just so bad so i ended up just using like audio from the camera and just like putting a compressor on it and calling it a day yeah um which didn't sound bad for youtube at the time right but uh as i was messing around more and more logic i got more and more into synthesis and then I realized that a lot of the music that I liked listening to back in the um, like the Need for Speed Underground 2 era of stuff was all made with these synthesized instruments. They weren't right. made with like, you know, the Amen break isn't someone literally just going, you know, like that. It's just chopped up samples, you know, from the Amen break, but it is chopped up samples. And, you know, I started, you know, building on top of some of these songs that I really like doing drum covers of. So, like, something that I did was uh, Pop by NSYNC. It's uh-huh. so much fun to play on the drums. Yeah. That whole celebrity record is They're just pop. killer to yeah. play on the drums, especially if you speed it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, that's when it gets real fun. Get you 
baby, you can't stop. I know you like this dirty pop. Now, why you wanna try to classify the type of thing that we do? Cause we're just fine doing what we like, and we say the same for you. I'm tired of feeling all around me, animosity. Just worry about drugs, cause I'm on your mind. Now, people, can't you see? It doesn't matter. About the car I drive, or the ice around my neck. It's that you recognize that it's just about respect. It doesn't matter. About the clothes I wear and where I go and why. It's that you get hyped and we're doing it every time. Come on. I'm tired of singing. But what I would do is I would just kind of like add a baseline to it. Mm -hmm. And then I would export that and like put that over my drum cover or something like that. So right. it gave it some extra like beef. Yeah. Because um, I like the bass a little bit. Right. You know, a little bit. Just a little, a little like the bass. <laughs> um, but yeah, it all kind of stemmed from that. And then it was, okay, well, how would I write my own original song? And yeah. then that's um, whenever you started doing that. Right. And then 2008, 2009 is when I heard what dubstep was for the first time. Yeah. And uh, I was over at Eric Salvatore's house. Eric Salvatore! And we were uh, watching, th this was back when, I mean, YouTube came out in 07, right? Yeah. I mean, so yeah, this so, was 2008, 2009. So wow. infancy of YouTube. And we're just watching like stupid comedy videos and like flash art and stuff like that. And um, we saw this one video of like dancing to dubstep 001 or something, yeah. like, you know, whatever the title was. And it was this dude doing like, this popping stuff to mm. what was Excision's 2008 Shambhala mix, which Shambhala is a festival up in like, I think British Columbia or something like that. Okay. And he would, every year that he would play it, he would upload his set to SoundCloud and be like okay. an hour and a half to two hours. And so the, the popping uh, dancing stuff was like the first five, six minutes of that. And so we were like, what's dancing to dubstep? So we clicked on it and it's just like, this dude doing the robot basically to like this really weird, warbly, like almost sound effects. Right. Like it, it, it predated kind of song arrangement. It right. was mostly just like noises for the first two, three minutes. Uh -huh. um, but we both were like, these sounds sound like they're coming from like Unreal Tournament or something right. like that. Like they just sound crazy. This is like the Doom yeah. soundtrack and this dude's like dancing to it. 
completed. Launching Excision, Shambhala From there, I, I kind of held on to that, that we, those weird sounds. I was like, I wonder how you make those weird sounds. Yeah. And then I went back on YouTube and started looking up old dubstep songs. I, should, I say old dubstep songs now, uh, but, but dubstep they, songs currently back the then. The current dubstep songs yeah. now old. And then uh, I got put on to this label called Sub Soldiers. Okay. And the two heavy hitters on Sub Soldiers back in the day were Caspa and Rusko. And Caspa and Rusko. Caspa and Rusko. And Rusko, um, he has a song called Jehovah. And that was the first dubstep song where I was like, I need to make this kind of music. Yeah. This is this was the penultimate moment for me. I was like, uh-huh. this is the coolest thing I've ever heard. It yeah. combines some of the the reggae-ness of the ska that I listened to growing up. Yeah. It combines the bass of the hip hop that I really like. And it's one dude doing it, and I'm one dude doing it. <laughs> so it's just it's this, it. you know what I mean? It, yeah. it all kind of came together and then um you know, just tried to figure it all out from there. But it was Jehovah by Rusko. That that was the awesome. click for me. Thank you. 
That's crazy. And how old are you at this time? This was senior year of high school. Junior, yeah. senior year of high school. Okay. Yeah. And that, and so that's when you when you heard Jehovah. Yeah, I was just was, like, dude, this. I, I knew that, that that at least the genre had really, really solidified and clicked for me. And yeah, then you're the, like, I, this is the avenue now. Yeah, yeah. And then there was another dude who used to DJ at Lizard Lounge, um, Recipes Lizard Lounge. Um, Lizard Lounge. Lizard Lounge. <laughs> Uh, named DJ Titan. And DJ Titan is still uh, a very prominent person in the Dallas scene who goes to a lot of local shows and he just loves showing up for people. He's got his own DJ school. He teaches kids how to yeah. do stuff. He's a super rad guy. DJ Titan. Taught me how to use Tractor back in the day <coughs> at the Guitar Center off 635. Yeah. Went up and bugged him for like an hour and a half about it. That's awesome. Thank you. 
he put um, out his own stuff too? Yeah, so he did some stuff, and then he also had a music blog. And so okay. um, I looked up on his website, his music blog, and the the first post that I saw from him was Skrillex's debut EP, the My Name is Skrillex EP. And this okay. was a couple years after he left from first to last uh-huh. and started doing his own thing. Sonny, um, is that his name? Yeah, yeah, Sonny Moore. And I had listened to from first to last because I... Eric Salvatore. Um, <laughs> Eric Salvatore. I'm telling you, man. Uh, this dude. Yeah, dude. Uh, so from first to last. Him, it's going to be Oh, great. yeah. You guys would kick it off. Yeah. So rad. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So he had some from first to last on my iPod. So I knew the voice, you know, of Sonny and everything. Right. And um, that My Name is Skrillex EP was like the most listened to thing on my iPod that year. This really? Was, this was 20, 2009, 2010. My Name is Skrillex. What was the big song off of that? Uh, so this was pre-Scary Monsters and Nice Sprites because yeah. a lot of people know that one from right. – it was in a lot of like GoPro commercials and mm-hmm. stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, Weekends. Weekends. And it's featuring Cy Raw. Okay. And that song th- – there was this trend in electronic music of 110 BPM like back around that era. Uh-huh. Uh, it was called Moomba Core. Moomba Core. It's Moomba Ton, but it was electronic, so it was yeah. Moomba Core. And uh, that has since kind of dwindled a bit. You know, a few people still make it and experiment Uh with it, but it's a little, you know, it's been cast away a little bit. I think you and my cousin 
Um, Can I take a weird time out? Because, totally. Uh, because this is a part of, of the world, music world, I don't know a lot about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? I think we've even had a, a conversation once before about different kinds of EDM. Totally. Um, and Moombacore would be a certain sect of this, right? Yes. And, so, and, and you don't have to explain it because I'm sure there are hundreds and hundreds of different versions of this. But yours, the kind that you're in, Millennial Trash, mm -hmm. what would that necessarily be? Is that bass? So, and, and this is where it gets a little confusing. I classify myself as an electronic dance music producer. Okay. Because I tap into a lot of different genres. And that's what I so thought it's, too. So. And, and it, I don't really want to pigeonhole myself into one thing. Perfect. Just because like if you do, then that's who you are kind of in right. the scene. And if you branch out from that, you get backlash for it. And it's right. so dumb. But cool. that's just the so way it is. You could just EDM and you're, yeah, you're good. Yeah, that's the umbrella term. And it's that's totally cool. fine. Yeah. All right. I don't have to use any, just anything else. Just don't call else. everything techno and you're fine. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've probably done that too. <laughs> um, no. No. Okay. So we're you're at this point where you're like, I am learning. I'm building these tools yeah. to be able to build this. When's the first time? You, because you you weren't always millennial trash. No. You were before this. Reflect with reflect, a K. Yeah, right. reflect with a K. And uh, I think even maybe when we met, were you doing it under that? Yeah. So I, I rebranded in January of 2020, right yeah. before the panty. Yeah. Yeah. So right when we met. Yeah. Pre-panty. And before Reflect, were you, had you put out anything before that? No, no. Reflect was the first moniker. And I, I used that for, let's see. I had the first thing that I did, it was called the Master Commander EP, um, which I had like a bunch of Olin Rogers samples in it. And, um, you know, a couple, it was much more like YouTube and Mimi because that was yeah. kind of the, the trend was build, 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 trendy vocal line drop, right. you know? And so that's kind of was, that was the formula. Oh, okay. Um, so that, that was kind of that. And then I, my second. That used to be a formula that, oh, that yeah. you would do. Yeah. I mean, there was an SNL skit about it. Oh, interesting. Remember when, when will the bass drop? Yeah, that's when will right. The bass drop? I remember that. And they just that. kept building it over yeah. and over. Yeah. yeah that, that was, that was the bit. The, so. I think, yeah, that's amazing. Huh. Yeah. And you would do and you would just do it. Well, yeah, because it was the formula to do. Like I remember when um uh there was I this... didn't know you you would do it on purpose. Like oh, I yeah. just thought Yeah, because that, that's what would like that's what the people making dubstep would do. Except right. for like the, the dudes on like sub soldiers and the more like UK based people, they yeah. they just kinda had their own sound. But the American dubstep stuff, they would have some sort of scary monsters and nice sprites esque, you know, right. it is, oh my god. You know, just have right. something huge. But yeah, so where were we? We were talking. Uh, you started creating. You, uh, you put it out. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, there was an EP. Then my second thing I ever put out was a full-length album. It was okay, like 14 tracks or 11 or 14 tracks or something like that. Yeah. And it was not finished when I put it out. I just wanted to put it out because yeah. I didn't really care at the time. Up at this point, had you played live with this stuff yet? The Yeah. So the first big i say big but like i i had played like i played a show at the door under reflect to okay. like seven people you know like yeah. little things like that but, but were you pumped when you did it 
yeah, are you kidding me? Yeah. I didn't even have decks up there. I had my MIDI it, controller and my laptop. Awesome. And that's all. That was just it. I just I played like string patches over dubstep. And that that's was got to be a whole different thing than playing with a band. <laughs> oh, totally. I honestly just wanted to hear some of the music through a system. Really? Yeah. Like, I just like, wanted to get on stage. And I was like, you remember the sub at the door? Yeah. It was the size of me. Oh, that's right. That, th- that thing's like, that's right. it's like an elephant, bro. I wanted that's to hear right. some Skrillex coming through that thing. That thing <laughs> that's was crazy. Awesome. Um, but yeah, so from there it was, um, when I released the second album, um, I got to play a show at the house of blues cause they had a battle of the bands esque thing where if you entered in to this deal and you sold a certain amount of tickets, you could play the, not the main room. What's foundation like the, room, Cambridge room, Cambridge room. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like the mid size rooms, like yeah. 400 people or something like that. Yeah. That's a cool room. And dude, I told Everybody at church, everybody at co-op, like every single person I knew, all the kids at the skate park I skated with, like, please buy, like tickets were like 10 bucks. I was like, please just come to the show. And I ended up selling the most tickets out of all the bands. And I was the only DJ there. And the rest of them were all bands. Um, I still don't understand how. But because I, I, I sold like 60 tickets. I do because I've been a part of those things and I didn't want to sell any tickets. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This yeah. was like the, in my head, I was like, this is it. Like no, if I do but I've this. Also, yeah. I've also been where you were there too. And like, we yeah. got to sell all the tickets. Right? Yeah. 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 I've just done enough of them where I got to the point where I didn't totally want to sell understand. Any of the tickets. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm yeah. there now. I, yeah, I understand. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I did that. And then, um, they, because I sold the most, they let me pick my time slot and awesome. I, of course I picked last. Yeah. Uh, so I had to get to the Headline, house of blues at like 9am for That's sound so check cool. and I didn't play till 9, 15 PM. That's so cool. And it was on a Sunday night. And you had the lease to set up. Yeah. I, I walked awesome. up there. I had it's like, my, we backlining this. Yeah. So at the time I, I had a little like two channel mixer yeah. uh, and my laptop and a tractor set up and I had like a 20 minute set and um, had people come up to me after the show and they were like, that was really, really cool. Like, will you do my daughter's quinceanera and like all this stuff? And just like, no, <laughs> no, it's not that I, I don't play for at least no more. Right. It's, it's just like <laughs> this. The reason why I'm here is because this is fun for me and it's right. like doing that kind of stuff is like an easy way to make like a couple hundred bucks, but it's not, it's fun. not why you're it's doing not it. why I'm doing it. I just right. want to make weird sounds. I love that, dude. I love that. Yeah. Um. So you put out that second record with Reflect. Yeah, and then a couple other EPs. I did another EP when I when I went to college. Um, when I went to DBU. What's your What are your influences while you're making Reflect? Like what's? Um, so you're Reflect, all over the place. I get it. Yeah. Like, like yeah. you're you're. Like, I, I feel like your style of music is like the most blender esque. Version, yeah. yeah, of because like you listen to my band Ravenhill, you can go, oh, he's probably listening to Tom Petty mm. mixed with like um, the Ramones mixed with you know this or that, you know, totally. You probably hear hints of that, and you can hear that in your music, but I feel like you hear like a hundred different things. Sure, those. yeah, because I right? mean, I, I've always joked that EDM is ADHD music. That's just yeah. all it is. It's just. How many different attention more information can you in the same in? amount of time? Right, exactly. It's just like reading like a, it, it's like reading a book that you got used that's already had notes taken in it. Interesting. You know what I yeah. mean? It's not that it gives you, you all the text, answers. You go, well, it just person. gives you more insights. Yeah. You know, it's that's like it, interesting. That's kind of how I, I think of it. 
Um, so when you're building that song, that's how you're kind of building it. Too. Yeah. And like something that I was mentioning to Eric earlier too, is kind of like how you arrange it is kind of like, you have to view it kind of like, like a three, four, five course meal where you want everything to complement each other throughout the courses. Yeah. But at the same time, you want each thing to taste different and have its own unique flavor. Interesting. Yeah. Man, we're going to have to one day have you come and break a song apart. Dude, like I'll that. do a session with you. Yeah. Like, let's freaking do it. Yeah, that's so interesting because like the idea, the way I would write a song, the way you write a song has to be completely different. I'm working on a song right now. It's 148 channels. Holy crap. Yeah. I know. It's it's. I don't know pain. if mine's ever been more than eight. It takes 30% <laughs> of my CPU just to have the session open. It's amazing. <laughs> So you become millennial trash. When do you rebrand? Yeah, so my sound started changing a little bit around like 2018, 2019, um, because that's when I jokingly say I got good. Um, but I, I, I understood how synthesis worked more. Right. Because, you know, when, when you first start playing guitar, you, wanted, you, you plug your guitar into the boss pedal station at Guitar Center, you're just like, you right. know, you turn everything on, you just make, you know, exactly. music soup and it's crazy cool. And Yeah. But you, you want to like, you know, kind of cherry pick what you want and kind of refine your, your tone. And mm-hmm. that's kind of what happened to me was I, I, I latched on to this kind of, um, UK esque sound that I kind of first started listening to because, um, a lot of dubstep that happened from like 2013 to 2016, 2017 was uh-huh. mostly focused on, I mean, the scene was in a, in a depression basically, or a recession, I should say, right. not a depression, but you know, um, it just wasn't as popping as as it is now or as it was then. What were the big names in the UK? Um, so Rusko still. Rusko yeah. Rusko is one of just like the original Dons that kind of uh-huh. just brought that that beautiful UK sound and and really pushed it out. Uh-huh. Um, trying to think who else like uh, Jakes. You know, Jake's. J- Jake's is one of the original guys too. He had is that Hen- just J A K E S. Yeah, he had uh, a label called Hench Recordings. Okay, uh, which is now back in action, which I'm super oh, cool. freaking pumped about. Uh, we had um, the guys over at Circus Records. So Doctor P, Flux Pavilion. Flux Pavilion's a pretty big name. He's done a lot yeah. of stuff like around, um, you know, even like commercial stuff. Uh, Funt Case, uh, who I've gotten to do a remix for. Super rad guy. Also named James. Really nice. Cool. Uh, Cookie Monster, rest in peace. Uh, he was also one of the absolute I've greatest. I've heard of Cookie Monster. Why yeah. have I heard of Cookie Monster? Because he was big, dude. Yeah. yeah, it was. My name is Optimus Prime.
We are autonomous robotic organisms from the planet Cybertron. My name is Optimus Prime. Scream is also a big one. Scream mm -hmm. with a K. Okay. Um, little nod cool. to Scream and the reflect name there. You know. A little yeah. Bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. So when you became millennial trash, mm -hmm. it, this is because you're being influenced by this UK style. Um, I a just knew that I had to change my name, and I wanted it to be something memorable and dumb. Okay. So as the sound was, I evolving, think it's a great name. Thanks, man. Yeah. I, I just it, when people hear it. It just yeah. makes them laugh. And it's like my name on Xbox Live and everything, too. And people just kind of get a oh, kick out perfect. of it. That's um, great. Because I also feel like I'm not a very good millennial because I'm a 92 kid. So I'm like on the weird cusp of being Gen Z. Yeah, but also, I feel, I feel still, you. I'm in there, too. I still have that weird millennialness to me. But at the mm -hmm. same time, like all of my humor is based in Gen Z and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just thought the name was funny. And then the sound was evolving. And I kind of... I made like two or three tracks that had a very similar kind of um, UK vibe to them. And yeah. uh, I knew that I was like, okay, this is a good launching point to doing something more. Yeah. Um, and that's when I just did the rebrand. That's awesome. And so um, what do you got going on now? Like, Dude, so got a couple shows coming up. Yeah. Um, I'm playing Austin and Houston uh, really for the first time. I've been to Houston a couple times for my friends shows and they brought me out on stage and it's mm -hmm. all been super dope. Um, but this is going to be the first time that I'll be getting to play Austin period as Millennial uh, Trash, cool. which is super dope. And in Houston, I um, love Austin, by the way, dude, God. I got a couple homies down there that are going to come out. It's going to be a blast. Yeah. I When's this? I mean, I don't know if this will be out by So then, Austin is going to be April 28th. I April don't 20th. remember the venue. No, that's uh, all right. But if you look on my Instagram at there Millennial T R S H no A, 
Yeah. And millennials, two L's, two N's. You would be surprised how many of my demographic cannot spell. Millennials a tough one, dude. It uh, is. A lot of I's and I wasn't, E's. I wasn't thinking about it. A lot of I's and E's. I just thought it was funny. Yeah. No, I I know how to spell it now. There you go. So. Are, you are a millennial, aren't you? You're not Gen X. I don't know. I, I'm in the middle, too. I'm 80. I'm 42 years old. Oh, yeah, you're 80. So, yeah, yeah you're in that weird cuspiness, yeah. too. Yeah. Like, it's like one of those things where I grew up with technology, but without it, too. Mm. Plus, I don't know. I don't feel very old either. It feels like. Well, you don't look very old. Thanks. No problem. Cool. That's what I'm here for. I really enjoyed listening to your music today. Thanks. Dude. Like I was listening Wait, to. What'd you a lot check out? The, uh, your top songs. I just went oh, cool. through your uh, the and I just hit play and listened to it all day, dude. Sick. Um, and I was trying to think about what you could tell whenever you're telling your story. You can tell that what was the big word you used? Homologate. Homologate. <laughs> You can tell that your music's out. Oh, wow. Thanks. Like, like you've taken everything. I really appreciate that. Really? Yeah. You can tell that you've taken everything. That these, even, even the one road that we took all the way through your life just now. Mm -hmm. You can see a lot of that in what I listened to today. Thanks. And um, there's something nostalgic about it, but there's also something like, like I'm here right now, too. Um, there's also, um, I don't know. I, I feel like we could go, we could do this again and go a whole nother sure. road and hear, hear even I can, more. I can tell you the story how I had to explain to my parents why I was on a website called happyhardcore.com in seventh grade. This is great. <laughs> go for it. So there's a genre of music called happy hardcore. And it was very, it's very Japanese. Uh, if that makes it. it you remember Kingdom Hearts? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So just think about that, but like 180 BPM. Perfect. So it's just, you know, yeah. boom, 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 yeah. boom, 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 like crazy distorted synth leads and all that other stuff. Yes. And um, happyhardcore.net used to just be the website that you would go to to stream it because you would just stream the radio station mm -hmm. that was that. And, uh, you know, obviously my parents looked at the search history because you're in middle school. Right. And, uh, you know, I had to be like, oh, no, that's a genre of music. And I went to it and I, like they, they QC'd it and everything was I great. I see but why yeah. it would be rough for your kid. Yeah, like, hey, dude, you got some explaining to do, dude. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man. So, yeah, there's just stuff that. like that. And then, um, you know, all the while, while I was listening to metalcore and like in high school, I got more into hardcore and went to like hardcore shows, local shows and stuff like that. I was also always listening to drum and bass and um, like old club music. Uh, I shouldn't say like super old, but um, Scarf with a uh, um, exclamation mark. They were pretty yeah. formidable and earlier in my life. Um, Tiesto, even like old school Tiesto tracks. Yeah. Um, he ended up doing, um, one, I think the theme song for like the 2000 Olympic games or something crazy really? like that. Yeah. That's it's, crazy. It's really cool. And, and, uh, yeah, he, back when he was writing like 13 minute trance songs and stuff yeah. like that, like, I was just like, oh my God, this is so crazy. <laughs> it it takes you on a journey and stuff, you know? Um, what, uh, uh, what do you, when you look at the next several years, yeah. In closing. What do you see you doing? Like, do you have a plan? Do you kind of so like I know some real quick, I know sometimes yeah. we're letting art just take us where we're going. Sure. Right? Some sometimes that's a fun thing to do. Right. Sometimes we kind of have an idea where we're going. Right. Where are you at there? 
So right now I'm writing music for video games. That's rad. Yeah, it's super fun. And that's what got you kind of into this, right? Yeah, it's full circle, dude. I'm dude, telling you, it's crazy. That's awesome. So I'm doing that right now. Look at you. If you could go back to your kid self and go like, "Hey, dude, guess what you get paid to do?" You kidding me right now? Yeah, it's dude. just stupid. I w- yeah. I probably wouldn't believe it, honestly. Yeah. Um, you give yourself a high five. You go, okay, go get that money. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so, so there's a couple other contracts coming up later this year with the folks that I'm working with, um, Native Darkness Productions. Shout out Native Darkness Productions. Yeah. And, Native Darkness um, Productions. <laughs> uh, so been working with them for a little bit now, and it's been going absolutely awesome. fantastic. Um, but the cool thing is I have some friends in the dubstep scene that are ludicrously more popular than me. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Anytime that I want feedback on one of my songs or if I would like it to be played out at like a show or something like that, yeah, um, I usually just send it to them because they're touring and stuff like that. And then they'll just crowd test it for me. Heck yeah. Uh, which is great because I'm fortunate enough to have some some cool friends in the scene that I've just, you know, made along the years. He's like a thousand and, people in Baltimore love it. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, that's literally what happens. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's so funny. Hey, um, but that's Baltimore kind of my approved. That's like my litmus test right now. And so like these upcoming shows that I have, like I said, Austin and then I'm I'm playing in Dallas on uh, May 13th. Right. Since you haven't been to a show. Yeah, show, man. That's what and I, I think it's like an it. earlier one, so oh, it's not going to be yeah. killer late. Like uh, so there's that one, and then the Houston one's in June. Um, I'm hoping that, um, you know, in, in the EDM scene, you kind of have to have like a booking agent and stuff like that see you play before they want to take, you know what yeah. I mean? I'm sure it's the same kind of everywhere, annoying. but, yeah. you know, it's just kind of the way the cookie crumbles. Right. And so I'm hoping something comes from these three shows. Um, but at the same time, I get to open up for one of my best friends in the scene who we became friends when he was in high school. I played a show at his church and yeah. opened up with the VeggieTales theme song and, like <laughs> you know, a transition into a dubstep thing. That's and, funny. uh, it was that moment. Like we just became friends. His name's Eric. He goes by Ace Aura.
Uh, Ace Aura. Yeah. Cool. So the, you have a song with him. I do. It's the number What's one the, song. It's what called is Nodding. Nodding. Yeah. That's right. That yeah. song's rad, dude. Yeah. So, so I had written. God, I should have remembered that. I had written a good bit of it, and this was in like 2017 or 2018. And then the song kind of sat on the shelf for a little bit because yeah. it just wasn't finished. And he really liked that song. And so mm. um, I was like, dude, could you help me finish this thing? Like, we can wrap this up, put a bow yeah. on it, and ship it out. And he was totally down. So, That's and right. it came together super rad because our styles are I'm, I'm more of the UK sound, and he's more of this uh, newer genre called color bass. Okay. Um, which is very, um, uh, it's very jazzy, very. Uh, th- there's a whole lot of chord stacks that okay. are very percussive and rhythmic on top of it. Um, it's really rad stuff, but we we found a good way to kind of sync those two things together, and it came out pretty cool. But yeah, he's the dude that I'm going to be opening up for, uh, and he's he's hit the big time. Super stoked. That's great. And uh, he's taking us along for the ride, man. Cool. We'll, so. we'll play that song at the end of this. Sick for sure. It. Sounds good. Hey, thanks for being here. Do you want to – did we already – plug all your social media yeah so follow me on social media it's millennial trash and there's no a in trash because believe it or not they were all taken on every Mm, platform that's crazy it's like all those a's yeah but (laughs) they didn't have any more a's but that's it uh follow me on spotify if you want to follow me on soundcloud you know all the various band places and whatnot you can just there'll be links in this uh the show notes for this too yeah hey Thank you. Of course. And we're going to have you back and you're going to break apart. Dude, I'm so down. One of your songs, because to me, we've only scratched the surface now. Now now you got to teach us how. how I want to show you how it works because I have a feeling if I show you how it works, you're going to go home and you're going to start messing with stuff. I can't be obsessed with anything else. No, no, you don't need another obsession. You just need to have a little taste. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the logical next step. Yeah, of course. Oh, and there you have it. Chapter one, really. Volume one, chapter one. Maybe a remix. Whatever it is, we're going to have James back. What a great interview. I So many things that were completely different on. I knew nothing. I know nothing about like the history of EDM or different styles and what that means. But now I know a little bit more. But then we had so many things like like our love for Dogwood and Sky Music, Fire and Frenzy. Uh, hey, thanks for tuning in. Go follow him. Go support him. Such a great dude. Such a great musician. Worth your interest, I promise. We'll see you next time. And remember, there's a playlist in the show notes, whether you listen to it on iTunes or Spotify with all the songs we mentioned. Thanks for everything. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you later.